On this episode of the podcast, I have with me Rick Medina. He is a leading security practitioner at a leading retailer for beauty supplies. We're going to cover a few different topics on this episode. We're going to be looking at the impact of what COVID has done with security and retail. We're going to cover a few things about Agile and the response to COVID. And then also, what happens after COVID? Will companies remain Agile and responsive? Or will they go back to their old ways? Rick, I appreciate you being on the podcast. I look forward to this. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I know we talked about uh, in your space, there's some distinct challenges around you know what COVID has had in, in terms of both security and retail. I guess in terms of you know maybe just to provide a little bit of context of what COVID can do in the environment of uh, impacting maybe retail operations when business processes have to change. What has been your world like? Oh, it's been quite uh, interesting, actually. You know, from the get-go of when we started, you know, taking our corporate employees and moving them to remote access only, that had some impact there, uh, which we can get into. The ability to continue making sales, as we know, when things lock down with quarantines and such, the retail stores closed their doors for a short time, which then made our e-com light up. You know, we had a lot of uh, increase in online shopping, which is great, you know, for that area. But it does bring some concerns of where do the attackers pivot now? What do they go to? You know, I guess there's multi-phases to this, right? So first, everyone has to go home. So I think every organization has had to kind of rework how they allow a lot of different controls. All of a sudden, you're used to you know, security for people within an office space. And all of a sudden, now you have you know, if a company of, let's say, 10,000 people, you have 10,000 satellite offices. You didn't show up that morning thinking, you know what, I'm going to be prepared for 10,000 satellite offices, right? Yeah, I mean, that was one of the big changes that occurred for us. And you know, it's been a slow transition that's been happening for quite some time in any industry, which is the internet is basically becoming everyone's network. And with that, you know, you have to kind of shift and pivot a lot of your tools, your security stacks, and find out which works and what doesn't. And it's been kind of a slow ride for a lot of people. And then once this hit, I mean, we picked up the pace very quickly. So if you weren't already preparing for, you know, that external network or that internet being your extension of your network, then you were, you know, pulling your hair out. And how do you protect your systems now? How do you patch things? How do you contain or isolate a system if it does get something on it? Because keep in mind, now that these remote workers are at home with their laptops, it's not just them on them. It's their kids on them potentially that are getting on there and downloading something or installing something potentially. So we had to really think outside the box a little bit and quickly adjust our security stack if we hadn't already. And luckily for us, we were in a good spot because we are already sort of transitioning to more cloud-based security stack model, which allowed us to then quickly have insight into all of our assets. So if you weren't already slowly doing that, you were quickly doing it, which means you're pivoting and trying to find tools that are out there. And now you have to spend money that you know you don't really have because the stores are closed and you're you're pivoting to a new model of your sales, which you know you didn't realize was there before in the online market. Tough decisions had to be made, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I guess something that's always, I think we're all now used to, and we were used to things being delivered to our home. So that was something we knew. We could all go to stores, right? We were all used to that. Curbside pickup, that's new. Like I was, I'm trying to think back now. Was I used to this uh, a year ago? Was it a thing a year ago? And sometimes my mind's a little foggy. I'm like, hold on. Was it there in some companies? You know, did they bring something out to me while I'm sitting in my car? I don't think so. And that's new, I think, for most companies, especially I think you'd mentioned it's a new service and a shift to e-commerce. You know, the stores are still less expensive way to ship. What kind of impact from a security perspective? I mean, what kind of wrinkle does that throw out for you guys if you're looking at now you have to provide curbside pickup capabilities? Is that a brand new major bomb to deal with? Or was that something that you guys maybe had some you know thoughts around before it even happened? Yeah, you know, for that, it really, and I want to kind of touch base on this a little bit and kind of go back just, you know, one moment here and, and just kind of discuss around shipping. And, and that's something that all retailers, all companies have to deal with. And we have to compete with the big boxes out there, the Amazons of the world, so to speak. And with that in mind, we were upping our game for how do we ship faster to our customers? How do we get that next day shipping? How do we get that, you know, two day shipping and get things to individuals quickly. And while we were focusing on that, then COVID came around and hit us. Then we have to kind of, like you said, we have to kind of, well, what's this other option that we have? We have curbside pickup. We have the DoorDashes and the Postmates and the Ubers and everything else that's out there. So now we have to start partnering with some of these companies and deciding who's going to make these deliverers you know, to our customers because maybe they can't leave their home. And how do we adjust ourselves for curbside pickup? Again, you run the risk of potentially having someone show up pretending to be someone else and running off with the package. You know, that's, I guess, completely valid and it could happen. So now we have to kind of think about other ways of how do we validate these individuals that are showing up? How do you communicate with them? So you're opening up new ways of communication, whether that's through messaging from your site, whether it's direct messaging from a social media platform, maybe that's direct calling to the store, and then asking people to present identification or present this, the receipt or whatever. There are ways to secure that and make that you know doable and, and it works. I mean, I think that's going to go away anytime soon. I think you're going to still have that fast-paced way of living that a lot of people do like. You know, I want to order something, go pick it up. You know, I was just thinking about who does this. I think Target had curbside pickup. And it was interesting because you would sometimes debate, you know, do I order on Amazon and wait two days or do I order Target and then it's ready in two hours? I mean, am I that lazy not just to drive <laughs> the three miles, the eight minutes to go pick it up and get it two days early? Yes, I'm that lazy sometimes. I'm going to wait for it to be delivered, which is kind of sad to say, but that's what we've gotten accustomed to. But I mean, you guys obviously, you know, have a, a network of retail stores. You guys have you know, a different type of infrastructure delivery versus let's say an, you know, an Amazon or, you know, any, any of the last mile delivery person. But I guess the complexity from a security perspective is you guys were looking at obviously using a third party to deliver, which obviously means some form of trust to another human, another company to walk away with a customer's materials. And then the flip side is the end user is going to take it. So now, obviously, you're no longer using the third-party delivery people like the Uber Eats or the DoorDashes to validate. It's you. That seems like, a, I guess, two different security scenarios, maybe. Yeah, it definitely is. And you know, 
with that, you know, you have to think about all the different scenarios and where's the risk? Is it high risk, low risk? You know, people deliver packages all the time. We ship out packages all the time. We, we use UPS, FedEx, you name them. And we're handing those packages off to a third party already and, and they're delivering to someone's home. So and the reality is it's nothing new that any retailer is uh, you know accustomed to. So it's just now you've kind of done these microservices and these micro shipping type things where now you have individuals just picking things up and running off with it versus a, a big brown truck coming and picking up everything and then driving off with it. So it's not a new model per se, but it is new in a way that it's unique and it fits the reality of what is today. And I think, you know, that'll continue in some way, some form or some fashion, because you're still going to have, it's not, not necessarily that we're lazy. I think we've grown accustomed to having that instant gratification, having that instant thing quickly, thanks to all the quick shipping that we have today, you know, and like you said, you know, Target, and I think the other grocery stores out there today that you can go online, put in all your things, your items in the cart, and then show up in a couple hours and your groceries are ready and someone's putting it in your trunk and then you just drive off. Are you saving time? Yeah, you didn't spend two hours in a store, you know, trying to find things. So it does allow, you know, our society to kind of continue to move at a fast pace that we've kind of grown accustomed to. Yeah, I I know you're a security guy. And uh, I mean, I know security and business tie in. And uh, it is interesting to look at the dimension that, you know, a company obviously wants to accommodate the transformation, right? People can't come into the store. Somebody's going to come in and, and just, you know, do a curbside. This is a very clear you know, opportunity where security takes front and center stage because obviously this is predicated on the security side, you know, being able to accommodate the risk, making sure there's probably some compliance in the back end. There's a lot of other issues that kind of thrust security maybe in the forefront, whereas before security might be, hey, you're part of the process, but hey, security, you know, for us to make this work, you need to shine because this is really, you know, a service that's going to be driven up a lot upon the security shoulders. I mean, was that kind of the conversations internally or how do those look? You know, personally, we had a good process already for, you know, doing third-party assessments and bringing in new companies and new things. It didn't really impact us too much there, but I can definitely see where in some cases, security is seen more as a hurdle. You have to get past security or security stops things from happening and stops progress, so to speak. But in most cases, well, it should be in most cases, in my opinion, that uh, security should be part of that process. And, and it should just kind of stream along without any kind of issues or hiccups. Not saying there will never be any, because not every company may run their company the way you think security should be ran. So you will have those kind of scenarios occur, but you work through them, you know, and and you ask for certain things, you get them or you don't. I think it's very good for security to be agile in a way to quickly adjust to new things. I do feel, and again, in my opinion, that good security practitioners tend to be more agile to things because we like newness. We like the challenges of things. So I think it's exciting, to be honest. I love all this because of the fast pace and the moving. So I enjoy it, to be honest. It's not the actual current events of COVID, but I do enjoy the challenges that it brings up. Interesting. Well, you you gave me a great segue because I was going to jump into, I guess, talking about the agile components of it. And you kind of alluded to being, you know, a little bit more agile and you know how companies have been reacting. So obviously you guys took advantage of this opportunity. 
if you're going to compare and contrast this to, let's say, a year ago, if somebody would have come to you and the security team and were like, hey, listen, we want to do this curbside pickup, right? How long would that project typically take versus the speed at which maybe you guys had to make it happen now? Or you know, when you did it, make it happen? I think in most cases, it doesn't take very long. Mm-hmm. You know, from an information security standpoint, we're looking at is what's the risk. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't see a lot of high risk in curbside pickup. I'm not saying there's not any risk. Again, it's just not high risk. But where we have to partner with, say, our loss prevention departments and say, hey, you know, what are you guys doing about this? How are you securing these things? How are you making sure we're not losing product and someone's not just putting it outside the door and it's just not getting picked up by a person who should be picking it up? That's more my concern is we're not just losing products. But again, at the information security side of the house, I don't think the risk is that high. And to be agile for that, I like it. I think it's a good thing for businesses. I think it's a good option for businesses to have to add to their delivery options. Do you feel like just, you know, I guess other initiatives that you've seen, has there been a change in pace or, or really, you know, you guys might be going faster through the same processes that you were or, or have you guys, you know, had to become more efficient? I guess, has there been an overall impact? You know, I think for a lot of older brick and mortar stores, there was a transition to e-com and online. And when that transaction happened, a lot of stores were playing catch-up. So there was already kind of a fast pace going on. And with the events we're going through with COVID and everything else, that fast pace just continued. So I think a lot of individuals probably just kind of continued with their fast pace, continued to stay agile. I think you know, maybe there were some slight differences in some aspects of it, of maybe moving some things a little bit faster here and there, maybe changing their distribution of things. But in general, I mean, there hasn't been a ton of change. And in my experience, I mean, there may have been for some retailers where they just weren't prepared for making those transitions. And if they were not prepared for those transitions, and yeah, they were moving super fast. And it's hard to keep up, especially when the business has to make money business will move much faster than anyone else and they will push and get it done. It's pretty much get it done or get out of the way kind of thing. So if you weren't prepared for it, it came quick. I could imagine if yeah, if you're struggling already to get to the e-commerce side and from a security perspective, you're still going through those hurdles, then this probably was not even just a firehouse, it was a tsunami because obviously you're trying to gap up in multiple ways. So obviously with, you know, being 2020, that would just be a challenge for anybody to respond to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I guess when you're looking at uh, you know, maybe some of what you guys are working on, some of the initiatives that you see, does this affect planning at all? Like, are you guys thinking going, hey, you know, with the current set of circumstances, our roadmap is shifting a little bit to accommodate potentially the impacts of COVID long-term? Or is there a shift in terms of roadmap? Or basically from security perspective, hey, we know we need to accomplish these goals and the environment's changing, that's fine, but we still have to kind of execute on what we know is the right stuff. Yeah, I think a lot of that depends on how your company's security department might be structured in a way that are you reporting to IT directly? Are you reporting to another branch of the business like legal? 
Are you more about risk and compliance? Are you more about securing, you know, connections from A to B? I think the mindsets are a little different and that might impact the path you take and how you get there in some cases. And I think a lot of that might, you know, predicate of where you were at before, again, with most of your workers going remote. Are you sticking to the traditional VPN infrastructure model or are you looking at different ways of bringing in your remote workers? Are you looking at different ways in how you bring in and onboard your vendors that do connect to your networks? So I think some of those mindsets changed as we kind of went more inward as far as a access standpoint versus always kind of a traditional model of always being in and every now and then you're outside and you have to get in. So now we're shifting to what's going to be easier for our end users? What's going to be an easier way to access things? But at the same time, give us those same level of controls, if not better controls because of newer technology that's out there. So our minds and you know our, our shifts kind of look at those different types of tools that may be out there from a traditional VPN model or something that's more cloud-based that gives that zero trust type model that more and more companies were kind of moving to. Interesting. It's pretty exciting to kind of see the pace of change. And, um, you know, for some, it's been faster from others. You know, it sounds like you guys had a little bit more forethought in some things. So it's been a little bit easier to gap up and not have to be in a constant state of panic. But it it is very interesting as you talk to more and more people, people are realizing that there might be different speeds you have to operate on at different bursts just to, to accommodate what's going on. And that's the one thing with a lot of IT departments, security departments is always trying to stay one step ahead of everything and staying with the latest technologies as well to kind of prepare yourself for new things, new ways of doing things. Unfortunately, you can't prepare for a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for those companies that weren't always kind of thinking that way or had that mindset, they're thinking that way now. And I think as things do calm down, as we kind of get back to, say, a normal, once all the dust settles from the pandemic, I think those companies will be better for it. Just like if a company got breached, they're going to be better for it down the road because they're going to see where their gaps and where their holes are at, and they're going to go fix those things. And you're going to invest in people, and you're going to go do those things that need to be done to be in a better spot and to be in a better position when something else happens. And who knows what it will be? We just know that it will happen. We just don't know what it will be. That's a great observation. I think that's maybe the biggest thing for a lot of companies is realizing, you know, having processes that allow them to accelerate might be the best outcome because, you know, we're very comfortable with the speed of things happening in our comfort zone now. Accelerating it means it's a whole different set of processes potentially. But I think if, if people can kind of realize that might happen again, I mean, who knows, you know, two years, three years down the road, something else. And if you're learning from this experience, you're going to put some processes in place to realize, hey, we might have to one day do this again in a different fashion. And, and they might be a little bit more ready, I, I assume, to respond and not with the answer, but at least with a response. Yeah, I can definitely uh, you know, validate that people will now have pandemic in their disaster recovery plans. <laughs> I assume that's going to be a clear one, everyone, when they flip through the 2021 <laughs> disaster recovery 1-19 next pandemic. That's too funny. I like that. I appreciate you coming on. Love the conversation talking about how you guys have been kind of tackling uh, this, dealing with COVID in the retail space from a security perspective. If somebody wants to reach out with a follow-up question, 
Is LinkedIn the best medium? Do you have another social that you would mind having somebody reach out to you via? LinkedIn will be the best uh, way to get a hold of me. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. We'll make sure we include that in the uh, show notes. So if anyone has any follow-up questions for Rick, feel free to reach out to him. And uh, again, thanks for being on the show. It's been great. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate the time. Thank you. Awesome. That's it for this week's episode. Uh, We'll be back again next week uh, with a different guest, different set of topics. As always, two things I ask for. Please give me some ideas for stuff you want to hear about. I think I've been getting a steady stream of uh, topics. I'm trying to find the right guests for it. But at least if I do find it, I know you guys are looking for that type of information. And the other, subscribe to the podcast. That's the best thing you could do. That, That helps us get the podcast out to more people. Until next week. Thank you. 